My name is Maurice, and uh, well, that is my European name given to me when I was in school. So later, when I grew up, I actually decided to pick my own African name. And African name is Kwete, and this name is Kweino. Hello, and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi Ewanfo, and I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now, let's get started with this episode. I was born in Ghana, in Accra, and uh, I lived and schooled in Ghana. I finished high school, I think, in 84, in a town called Nkrofo, which happens to be the birthplace of our first president, Dr. Kwame Nkrofo. A very small town. But very, That's very, very interesting now. <laughs> very small town, but has a big name because actually the birthplace and the burial place of the first president of the Republic of Ghana. After some years when uh, late Rawlings actually wanted to uphold his name, he made the, the government to go and exhume the body, bring it back to Accra for a state burial. So he, he was the body was actually transferred to Accra, but that was Nkofu was, was where he was buried initially. Anyway, that was by the way. So I schooled in Nkofu. The school is Nkofu Agricultural Secondary School. And I started in 79 to 1984. I finished. Uh, then it was secondary school. This time in Ghana, we don't have secondary school. We have senior high school. And uh, so from there, I did two years of, uh, let's call it professional in re, uh, economics, finance, and accounting at the Takwadi Polytechnic Institute, where I came out as a, as an accountant. So from there, I worked, I think, one and a half years in a company in Accra. I was a sub-accountant. And whilst I was working, I did, I also enrolled for chartered accounting. So in my second year, you know, the European mentality came because there was this trade trend in Ghana, people from Europe will come and the way you see them riding cars and blowing their horns all over the place. I mean, the, the, there was this craze and it would, it would just entice you, you understand? So I actually dropped everything I was doing. Nobody pushed me. I wasn't actually under any pressure, but just the, the, the sight of people, guys I knew that would come to Europe and after three, four years, then it was not actually Italy, it was Germany. So people go to Germany and uh, they seek asylum, you know, and uh, the money they will give them since they are, uh, they are not actually paying any rent. Within two, three, four years, they will come home with cars and stuff and start. So as a young guy, seeing your friends, people of your age come back in a short time with those much wealth and stuff, not knowing the truth was actually they got deported. <laughs> <laughs> but we will never know the story you understand so they got deported and the flashy life they were living was actually something so influential most of us looked up to that one i was one of them i was actually entangled and enticed by that thing so it actually pushed me to abandon whatever i was doing i wasn't doing bad i wasn't rich then the system was so badly managed that you have to work and work and work to be able to afford a common bicycle 
you might have to work about five, six years, you understand? So I got enticed by this trend of life from we used to call them bogus. So bogus or bogus. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so just as you as we continue there, I uh, I have a curiosity. These people that were living big that came from Europe now, okay, whether they were deported or some or maybe some of them decided to go home for whatever reasons, but now they are living big. Uh from your rec from your recall, how long did they live this big life? Did they continue to live big or it was just for a short period of time? Is it that they started businesses they were now really living big or it was because they were just for the moment big? And that's a very interesting question. The truth is that their flashy life actually ended shortly. Some the maximum I saw was three, four years. Some even didn't last two years. Okay. But since the mind of we locals seeing that flashy life, our minds were actually pre-programmed to see wealth at all costs. We didn't actually personally, we didn't actually, you know, sit down to reason about how long have these people survived after they came back. In fact, some of them ended up being ordinary shoemakers and uh, some ended in prison, some ended, I mean, it was, it was, it was, but they, the, the enticement, okay, the, the, the desire to acquire that type of wealth was just beyond, was too much. So we hardly thought about the effects that was going to have after so many years. So any, any means you two could get to Europe and also come down with a car or... <laughs> so, so funny, let me tell you this funny story. I remember back then in the 1970s, I think it was in 79, Ghanaians, most Ghanaians migrated to Nigeria to work in Nigeria. And I think a government came, I, I don't remember the name now, and didn't want them again. That was around 82, 83. So there was a mass deportation from Nigeria. Okay, People came, were deported. And the funny thing, what brings to mind as we're talking is, People came and they were holding these big tape recorders, okay, the cassette tape recorders. And to us locals, it was the standard at the time. So they came, you know, somebody has spent about five years in Nigeria. He came with some few nairas and one, just one, not even a car, one tape recorder. And people were dying, wishing to be able to go there, even though they are deporting people. Others were wishing to be able to go there to come home with one tape recorder. So you can you can imagine the type of mentality that was there. So back to the bogus. Well, your question is so pertinent. They come and they last just in a short time. But the mentality that we had built and the sight of their flashy life was so predominant that we, we, we hardly thought about the, the effects that we, have on upon us, we live in our jobs, our career and stuff. And I felt victim to that too. All right. Many of us are. Uh, today we are, we are telling our stories in a way that it can maybe also help other people. I remember when I first got to Italy, that was in 2004. Okay. Of course, I stayed in Italy. Actually, I suffered a lot before I could get paper. I came in 2004. I got my first resident permit in Italy in 2011. So oh, you okay. can make the calculation. <laughs> so it's really quite hard as a situation, you know? 
But what I found out uh, in the course of my exploration here, because that is what I continue to do, mm -hmm. I start uh, looking at the story of people. I'm a researcher. I research it through the life of people okay. uh, with the hope that somebody might learn from it. Yes. I'm not here to change the world. I'm just here to share how I see it, hoping that maybe somebody might learn from it. Yeah. Is that people don't really say the truth at home. They go there, try to pretend that they are what they are not. But I remember that uh, because I didn't have paper, I didn't have any work. I was doing what the what you of course you will hear they call shoro, no yeah, people yeah. that go there to sell facility and um, handkerchief and lighter. That is what we were doing. That is what I saw people were doing. Yeah. That is what I was doing, and it was really a very uh, a very humiliating job, a kind of job that and you will never tell people this is what you do. Yeah. But I remember going out at a point, I would take a picture of me. This is who I am. I would just send a picture home. And some people think I was crazy, but I wanted people to see this is the way it is. This is how, this is the kind of Europe I am. I cannot pretend to you because this is me. But I think that as Africans in the diaspora, we need to open up to the situation that we are going through here. Exactly. If you are if you are enjoying, let people know that you are enjoying. But if you are not enjoying, if life is hard, still say that life is hard. Yeah. You necessarily might not need to do more than that. Then let the people decide on their own. Now they know the truth. All right, that was just by the way. Um, now I'm still interested. You have got these bogus now that are coming in with all the bodies and all the flashy things that they enjoy for a few. Yeah. A short space of time. Then what did you do? I remember working as a, a sub accountant and uh, I had people under me that were looking up to me and I was a very brilliant guy anyway. I I remember my, my my immediate boss was telling me, Look, if you keep doing what you are doing now, I can assure you that in the next three years you might take over my place because I'm due for pension and being an accountant for a company of we had at the time we had about 1000 if i'm not mistaken 1000 to 1200 workers okay the company was actually a dealer in caterpillars these caterpillars for road construction and stuff not only that we're selling bedford trucks and isuzu vehicles so it was a big company so you being the accountant of that company and uh, I mean, presiding over such a big amount of workers, it was a it was a good place that I should have stayed. But despite that, my brother, I was I was I was so entangled. I was so enticed by this flash life. I, I bet you, I think maybe because just behind our house in Accra, there there was a house that belonged to the father of a friend of mine. Okay. This house was new, and some guys from Germany, they were, I think they were about five. All of them came, and I don't know whether they bought the house, but they all of them lived in that same house. There were about four or five cars. So you have to understand an accountant, some accountant that I have to trek to work, okay? Not even afford a bicycle. I have to trek work. With my tie and everything, uh, you know, you sweat, you get to work, 
in Ghana, we have something we call trotro. Trotro is the type of mulua you have in Nigeria. So sometimes your the pay is so scanty that if you want to do trotro for the whole month, okay, you you you, you can barely survive. It was so funny. You you could barely survive. So if you are looking at guys of your age, okay, that stories around tells you that they just went to Germany maybe just about three years ago and they came and they are riding flashily, you know, life, I mean, changing of dress every other day, cars up and down, drinks. You will never, it takes, it takes somebody really determined, okay, to take his eyes off those type, that type of lifestyle. So this type of lifestyle is actually, and I can uh, personally affirm that is actually 90% of the motive most of us left Africa. Because these guys who come and will not tell you the truth that they were either in a, a asylum, somewhere picking from stores, you know, store sh uh, shoplifting, some, a whole lot of stuff, somewhere pushes and, you know, but they will never tell the truth, and we never knew it. So the the flashy life was all we're looking at. So when uh, I I had to go through a whole lot of stuff, borrow here, there, to be even to get a passport in Ghana at the time, was a headache. <laughs> but I still went through. Okay. So back to the the company, my boss was my media boss was telling me, look, Maurice, you have a very bright future. If you stay on, I don't know whether he saw that I was I was intending or inclined in, inclined on leaving the, the country or what, but he kept it. Once in a while you bring it up. Maybe we're talking about something different, but he, the guy will just bring it up. And I should have listened. Because bro, I tell you, I when I went to Ghana, I think in two thousand and uh, the last time I went to Ghana was two thousand and eighteen. Okay, the guys I left, my co-workers that I left back, three of them were beyond, I mean, beneath me, are the directors, the vice director, and the other one is the Davis, is the branch manager. Company awarded them houses, cars, and they are living big. So if I look at myself, like I was telling you yesterday, you know, if I look at myself that I dropped that career, okay, and I ended up being a truck driver, I really pity myself. Not pity myself that I'm a, I'm a mess or uh, uh, what, what do I say? I'm a failure. But just the fact that I didn't pursue my career, it was something I was born with. I really loved to be somebody, you know, that the academic qualifications that I had should have taken me higher than what I, I'm doing now. And it's something that really doesn't give me that much peace. But I've just, <clears throat> like I told you yesterday, I've just brought it on myself. I can't go back. What are you going to do if you go back? Are you going to start from the scratch? So with this, I would also take the opportunity to advise my young friends, you know, that it isn't all that glitters that is gold. Now, after 32 years of being in Europe, things are totally different, you know. I built a house and stuff, you know. But it wasn't that 
a joyride as I saw it then. And that is what most guys are also seeing. And uh, I really wish to throw this across that don't look at that one because most of us will come and we don't tell you the truth. We don't tell you the truth. It took me 32 years to be who I'm today. Okay, so in the 32 years, it has been the, the mercy and the favor of God and determination to stay on course, you know, not to engage in anything illegal. Even though I watched the flashy life then, when I came, I didn't actually get closer to anything like that. Never, never. I've always been a worker. When I left my education and I wanted to work, I've always been a, a worker. In fact, in this 32 years that I've been here, uh, I think it was just one period, I think between 2012 and 2014, that because the company I was working with went bankrupt, I had to remain home with that job. And I think it happened again in 2019, thereabout, that I also stayed home with that job. But that was because where I was working, the work got bankrupt. But not because I left, because I want to you know follow this type of fast life or begging at the supermarket and stuff. No, 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 no. That's not the lifestyle. I'm not I'm I'm bigger than that one. So throwing this message across, I just want guys to understand that what we come to portray is not what is the reality. Because just imagine that I come to Ghana for one month, okay, and I come with a, an amount of about 10, 12,000 euros. That is big, that is huge. But that 12,000 euros is not a savings of one month. It's over three, four, five years, okay? So when I come and I'm driving the flashy car, you see, and I'm changing my dresses every twice a day, you don't have to look at that. As if that is the life we live here. We don't live here like that. I wear dirty clothes to go to work. We soil our hands at work. So if someone has come to Africa and is blowing the money that he has saved for years, we don't have to think that that is the lifestyle because nobody does this with any money. In fact, there's, there's this funny thing, bro. Guys, including me, we used to think that the fact that you are a black man and you come to Europe, they pay you. Yeah, we had a mentality. I had it too. The fact that you, black man, managed to get to Europe, they pay you for being here, which is totally false. But that's what the buggers came to uh, you know, depict, and we followed it. And unfortunately, most of us are still continuing that trend. So I want to throw it across to the young guys that are going through the desert and stuff. Bro, it's not, it's not like that. It is not like that. People have to struggle, hustle, you know, to get something to eat at the end of the day. Those days in the 90s, maybe you are passing and one Italian woman will see you, oh, poverino, vieni, fitted on panino. And she will really package you something big that will last you for two days. I remember we went to we go for... There was this we call Sherka Lavoro that you're going to look for work. So, and then we never went to the, the job center. No, 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 no. We, black, we're not going to the job center. We just go knocking the bells, you know. You, you just knock and somebody will come on. Cosa che? You say Sherka Lavoro. So we say non che lavoro. Then somebody will say, Signora, you're your So the one <laughs> with dread and prosciutto. 
but then it's but that was then we were, we were, we were few okay so it it actually went online but now it's not it's not like we are we are many and another reason why the the trend also lasted apart from the flashy life is that the lies was just too much so it's imagine about we used to go to Africa. Don't let me use only Ghana because Nigerians, Ivorians, Togolese, all of us were, were going almost around the same time. That was around August. So in August, when Bogus arrived, you could hear in the atmosphere that Bogus have arrived. You know, so we actually pumped falsehood into the system. And that old car that one patron gave you. That, that car that he had ridden, riding for, let's say, 20 years, he gives you, you ship it to Ghana, and when it re- arrives in Africa, to them, they, we have something that we in Ghana we used to call homesick hand. <laughs> Once it's from Europe, it is homesick hand. Whether it is 50 years old, to them it's new. Okay, That's all about it. Nothing more, nothing less. So this lies has gone on for so long and we've got to stop it. Personally, the lifetimes I've been in Ghana, I've been trying to educate my guys, look, I will not tell you that you cannot make it in Europe, but you have something doing here, something doing. You are, you are a technician, you went to school, because now in Africa, if you go to school, yes, as I gave the example of those three guys that I know, if you go to school and you go do it well, no, no, you, you, you make it. You you make it faster and easier without struggle. You are home. Your parents, your your family are with you. You don't have to struggle all this thing we go through here. But that the problem is that we don't tell them the truth. Thank you for that. Yeah, that is the responsibility of uh, every one of us that are here. And I know, of course, if we, if you tell them the truth, if you if we, if we have heard the truth, many of us will still be here. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But anyway, we are not only really going to stop any person from migrating. You know, that is not the intention. It's just that you need to migrate with the knowledge that you know what you are facing. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, you don't need to say I don't know. We are trying to remove the the idea that I don't know. Go in with the idea that you know what you are facing. Then be a man, be a woman, and face it. Because you know what you are... So that you don't need to be blaming your uncle or your cousin or the, the other person who was there, who did it tell you. Yeah. That is why I think it is our responsibility to say what we know. And that which we know is enough. Let yeah. the rest take their decisions. Yes. All right. Now, you came to Italy. Share with us, what were your first experiences? Was it Verona you came to? Was it Rome? Was it Napoli? Tell us, let us, let, help us to understand that. Yeah, I actually landed in Rome, uh, Fimicino Airport, because I came with a regular visa. I landed in Rome, and uh, well, the information I had before coming, you know, the piece of information I gathered from friends, because I had a couple of friends here that spoke to me, some actually dissuaded me from coming, but I was still not listening. So when I came, I remember without any big money to start on your own from Rome, I think I went straight to 
Napoli with some friends. Who, the story is a bit faded away, so I don't remember. But I ended up in Napoli. I ended up in Napoli for a while. And uh, we're doing all this. Um, they will come, Napolitans will come with their their vehicle and pick you from a place to go to the farm. It's either the tomato farm or where they they actually cut hay, you know, they feed for horses. Okay. So <laughs> there was this funny thing. There was this uh, type of harvester, combine harvester, that will cut the hay, process it in the machine, and bale it, you know, in rectangular shapes. One of them would, would weigh at least between 8 to 10 kilos. Okay, so as the machine is going, it's dropping those uh, uh, bills behind it, and we are behind it, picking and packing it. So we used to call it Zion Train. Zion Train, like... Zion Train. Zion Train. <laughs> Two days in Zion Train, okay? Two days in Zion Train will let you regret leaving your job and coming to Europe. But once you are here and you don't have the money, you don't have anything, you have to do Zion train. And the funny thing is that I remember those days we go to the farm and uh, this is not for racism. What I'm about to say is not for racism. But the people did not know us. Okay? They just had this boom of people from another continent all over the place. They needed workers. Their own children were not working, so they were forced to employ us. All right. So they take you to the farm. Of course, they have to feed you. So they buy you the, the, the bread, the pizza, the forcaccia. If you eat, you have to drink water. So the problem was with the water. So they have this cup that they will mark it. Okay, they will use black men to mark. This is your own cup. Don't touch the cup of him, his or her son. No. And unfortunately, some of those cups were so funny. But later, you know something? I came to myself after years. Well, I I think I stayed not now. I didn't even make one year before I came to Radio Emilia through some friends. And from Radio Emilia, I ended up in Busolengo here in Verona. And uh, from Busolengo, I moved to Verona town and started to, you know, go on my life. But back in Napoli, that cop something makes me come back to my, takes me back to memory. When I was back in Africa, uh, in Ghana, I come from the western part of Ghana. Okay, that's the, the part we, we, we cultivate most uh, of coconuts, okay? Coconuts for coconut oil. That's the part... And uh, the same part, the Western region also is the richest part for cocoa and uh, things like uh, 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 cassava and stuff like that. Okay, so it, the thing is so ironic, but it's like where there is more work, okay, that involves manual or uh, manual uh, workers. The locals actually don't intend, don't love to do it. I, I don't know if I'm making that point because Italy, for example, has these tomato farms that 
every year they have to do fruity for people to for people from outside to come and you know harvest it because the guys the children will not leave the university to go and harvest the tomato. That that same thing was happening happening in our place. This coconut farm was something that was the 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 standard job at, at the time. But we guys, the locals, we were not doing it. So people will actually come from the north of Ghana, okay, to come and work on those farms. All right. And poor as we were at the time, we thought we were superior to the same people of our country that come from the north. So I remember my, my grandfather on his farm, we had uh, these uh, workers from uh, Bolga or Tamale, okay, which is fine the north. The tribe, the tribe, I think it's called Kusasi. These people were hard workers. They would come and weed and stay on the farm and weed for months and months and months. The funny thing was that anytime we went to the farm, I could remember our cups were different. So they, this same cup, Napoli stuff, people were, you know, there were guys that were angry about it. But me coming from that area where I saw it, I understood that racism, okay, is everywhere. It's all over the place. Consciously or unconsciously, my grandfather was doing this to the people because to him, they were inferior to us. That's the same thing that when we came at the early stage, when we went to the farm, we've been treated. Maybe by by just the perception that we're inferior to them, or maybe for fear we could transmit some diseases to them. But it was it was something that was happening. Well, I didn't take it anything personal because I had seen it before. And because I've seen those things in all these 32 years that I've been in Europe, I can bet you that I've never had any issues that I've had to struggle or argue with somebody because the one is, you know, being racist against me. No, 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 no. I would rather want go for what is my right, okay? And I've defended a lot of guys over things, both in common, supermarkets, Questura, whatever. But I think another reason some of those things happen, okay, is the lack of communication. Because what I've understood in my years here is that most of the our co-nationals, our country members, don't understand the language. But they think what the other person is saying is against them. And instead of taking a step behind, reason over what the discussion is before reacting, they go, they go wild. You know, they go wild and they escalate the whole situation. Meanwhile, you don't understand the language. If you get into it and dissect whatever was going, you can see that your brother was at fault. And will not admit it. You know, that's by the way. So when I go to Italy after Napoli, I go to Reggio Emilia. I worked in a few uh, factories as a, uh, they were doing tiles. I think I did tiles too. Then I moved to Busurengo, I think in the 92 or thereabout. And I started working the shoe factory. I don't remember, was it? No, Reggio Emilia stayed about just some few months. So I came to... Uh, uh, Busulengo, I think in 91. 
and I started working in the shoe factory. I did shoe factory here, there. I did about four years, three or four years in shoe factory. But one thing that I left out is this one. Those who came to me then, who had been here from 84, 85, I came to stay with guys that I knew in school, okay? And all of them left books. They left their books and they were working in the factory. So tell me, you come after them and they are hosting you. They pay the rent, they buy food. Do you think you come and tell them you want to go to school and they will look at you? No. You will definitely have to follow what they do. So most of us, if I, like I was telling you yesterday, most of us abandoned our academic careers just because those who came to meet also on their on their at their own time abandoned their own and chose factory over career. That is the trend. And that trend has gone on and on and on. In fact, the, the church I belong to, which is called DFC, our pastor is one dynamic guy who is trying to, I mean, inculcate this mentality into the new guys, especially those guys that happen to come from Libya and stuff, okay, the young ones. I mean, they, it is policy to try to let the people understand that no you don't have to do it the way we did it no no it mustn't be so you have document go to school and i can tell you it's working it's really working so if we get about five out of 50 people go to school let's say in two years and another set of 10 people out of 50 go to school in another two years so we have, at least in Verona, you might have about 15 people who, who have gone to school. And if you find them, let's say one working at the post office, one working at most, maybe in the supermarket, okay, that alone, that image will go a long way to change the mentality that we, we foreigners must always end up in the fa factory. I know people who have university degrees, who ended up in the factory because those who came to stay with never pursued their own or they never went to school. So they actually curtailed our ambitions and we ended up like that. Something I really don't forgive myself is. So Verona was, was, wasn't hostile to me at all. I like uh, what you say your pastor is doing. Yeah. It's very critical. It's very, very important. Um, when I came to Italy, that was 2004, actually on the 24th of August, 2004, I still remember, it was in Torino. So the people have come to meet. Uh, I see this small group of people, it's Nigerians. Okay, I don't want to say what they were doing, but I told them that I've written a book. Okay. They look at me. And they, they felt like I have made the worst mistake in my life to come here. Okay. And because they saw the person that have did the, the preface of my book, mm -hmm. they said, but even we, because they are older than me, more educated than me in terms of, they, we, I would, I would still like look up to them as a kind of, uh, 
uh, as a kind of senior brothers, as it were, no? Mm-hmm. And they will say, but even we, we cannot even reach this kind of... We, we usually see these people talking in the podium. Now you go to meet this person and he's writing a preface for your book. And you are coming to Italy. And they told me, where... I told them that where in Italy I'm still going to write a book. They were laughing. Mm-hmm. They said, You, you are going to J. Maybe you will write it in J. Mm-hmm. Now, some of them, of course, uh, have their own, uh, their own way of life. And I told them, Where I'm not going to J. And I'm going to write a book in Italy. Indeed, I've written books in Italy, not one, not two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I continuously write books. Congratulations. Mm, all right. What I want to say there is that in a book written by uh, Napoleon He mm-hmm. called The Think and Grow Rich, he did make mention of something important called mass psychology. Okay. In that when you meet a group of people, if you live among a group of people, no matter how strong you are, the effect of the people you are living around is going to affect you. That is little you can do about that. Yeah. It is safer for you to leave that cycle because the mass psychology, the way the people think around you, is going to affect you. So, true. since I'll be here, I'll be very careful of the kind of friends that I keep. It is deliberate. I know this that I that whoever I'm dealing with is going to affect me. So, what I really mean by that is that as a people, we need to know that. If we want something to change, perhaps we are the one that really must change. So I, I want to say again, what that pastor was was saying, was is proposing, is something very important. Very we must help the people and let them also understand that the people they are associated with have a lot of influence on them. Now, what about the organization of the society, the people that you meet? How did you manage to organize yourself? Because I can see now that you have grown. You have really grown a lot, no? Yes. From where you came from. Okay, yes. I can understand also. You see, most of the people that are here, sometimes, most of them, not most of them, some of them are illiterate. Yes. They don't understand yes. how to read and write. And this limits them from able to process the information they have in front of them. Yes. So, and in most of the cases, because like the adage has it, that the empty uh, coins make the loudest noise oh, yes. because they are the ones that are making more noise in the, in the society. They sort yeah. of represent everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And those who are enlightened, who probably could have been able to stand in front and speak for the rest, sometimes maybe they feel ashamed or maybe they didn't, they don't, they don't take the bull by the horn and those empty uh, vessels sort of represent everybody. Yeah. But people that know what they want, who have a, a, a semblance of light my colleague yeah. must not fall into the same cycle because if you fall into the same cycle very soon your resistance will be broken so tell yeah. me about those people that you made the how the system is organized because now you are going to have to eat and uh, you are going to have to go to church to worship you are going to have to meet people so tell me about that yeah uh, so uh, I was living with these guys in Busulengo and uh, great people, great workers. The lifestyle was work and home, work and home. So, and there were a group of friends that would come, you know, eating, drinking, that stuff. But m- practically, the, the major life they were leading was work and home. Okay. 
So, another time, like I told you before, the mentality was, just as you said, you follow the one you came to meet. So, unconsciously, you, you, you fall into it. But my luck was that just around our house, a walk, a five-minute walk distance, we had a church. The present church I worship now was then started, and it was called Soul Clinic. That's the clinic for the soul. And uh, it actually did a very great job because then people were working and making big monies. There was this uh, marble industry that was paying big. We were in the later time and people were going home with three million. That was a heap of money. So you could see people not actually taking that care about what they spend. No, 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 no. Because after in another month, three million will come again. Some were doing over time, and over time alone were was paying about another one million euro, a uh, one million lira. So that lira, let's say four million lira, then in the nineties was about two thousand two hundred euro. Now it was huge money. Rent was so cheap, we were paying, let's say, 300 euros, uh, 300,000 that time. Food, mm, what is food? Go to supermarket with 50,000, 50, you, you bring two carrots of food, you know. So life was just, but I understand it, bro. This is you, you were, no, let's, don't, let call, don't let us call it misery. But you didn't have that opportunity to see big money like that. I remember one guy made a very bold statement at work one time. My boss in the in the factory, our boss was like, ah, ragazzi, we very okay start the money. So the guy was like, see, 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 yo, you know, I'm going to go to the building of president. He made a joke. And, bro, it was true. At the time, three million lira converted to dollars was a huge money. And we learned from the newspaper that the president of the country was thinking about <laughs> sorry. Something about 40 or 60 percent less than what the guy was taking. So he made that statement anyway. So when I got into the church, you know, church will definitely shape your mentality. It helped me a lot because now you you are under teaching, you know, you hear every every time that you need to save money, you need to live right, you need to stop drinking, you need to I, I'm not personal, no one that drinks. But in the group that I found myself, once a while there was a party you also have to you not that they will force you, but you drink. So you also have to buy. And that was expenses. So when I started church, the church actually brought most of us took most of us out of that type of life. Honestly, the group I, I entered by God's mercy wasn't a group that was loud or troublesome or stuff. It was normal guys that would work, but their weekend spending, drinking spree was something you couldn't take out of them. So when I started church, you know, my lifestyle started shaping in, so I had to separate myself from them. And from then, 
my life has been work home church work home church once a while there's a party you know i have to show up so i i will go but if not uh, i'm i'm not the type that you know you will find me easily at places clubs and stuff no 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 without judging anybody anyway it's not my lifestyle and i think along the line i got married to an italian my my ex-wife okay we stayed for you know we stayed for nine years for the nine years yes. we have a son who is 25 in the university now okay and uh, the marriage went on the rocks because at a point the culture differences started popping up you know the african the african african you know wants to be the man in the house the european woman is always the, the woman in the house so that conflict the friction was too much we couldn't move along get along with him so we, we divorced it that 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 story also is part of my story but so when I, why did i bring that one when i got married to the white woman you know definitely certain associations that you were used to their their type of life is quiet you know controlled and stuff so you will not get so actually it, that one to help me a lot it did help me a lot i wasn't seen all over the place as i used to be and i can tell you when i bought my first car <laughs> you can imagine you that could not afford a bicycle now you buy a car that was two years old and this is funny at the time i was the first black man in verona that owned that car everybody was driving Fiat Ritmo, one two seven, Fiat one two seven, old worn out cars, you know, and you find them the the car is broken down, they are pushing it under the rain, and the Italians will be sorting them and stuff. So, so when I bought that car, even our own people, even our own, if I this thing, my pastor once a while will bring it up and say, even our own people were jealous of it, and some were even <laughs> so nasty saying that. A student bought the car for me so that I could go and uh, betray our own people to them. Can you imagine? But why did I bring this one in? That I'm trying to say that the elevation, okay, that came after so so much work and and determination it was so satisfying. But it came with a lot of problems. There wasn't one place I passed that Karamnerika would see, would cross me and not turn around and chase me. They chased me all over the place. It got so frustrating that I had to print every month my Mustapada, the work contract, my house contract, my sojourn, everything about me was in the car. So, they will stop me before they ask, ask question. I'll just pull it right, give it to them. They'll read, 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 read. No more questions. They give it back to me. Because it was so frustrating. So frustrating. But my consolation in all that lied in the fact that even my own people, my own people thought I was doing drugs. To be able to buy that car 
So one of the policemen whose duty is to go fishing for drug pushes, you understand? It was so it was so frustrating. But later, they themselves saw that. I mean, if all the police in Verona has stopped you in three years, I don't think they'll continue stopping you again. So I got your point. They got your point. They left me. They left me in peace. And my own people were criticizing and stuff. Also understood it. Now they started copying. Okay. Some will change their account. But the mentality then was we are staying here for a short time and we will go back. That is the biggest mistake that we did. We are staying here for a short time and we'll go back. So guys who buy spoon, spoon, put it in the container and send it to Africa. They will buy clothes, container it, Africa, and they'll be wearing these old shirts and jackets from characters all over the place. So, and some will go even to the extent of taking clothes from co-workers, Italian co-workers. So my point is, we both take 1,200 euros a month. You send your own to Africa, and I give you my shit, okay? When you now come to demand some respect from him, you think you have that respect? No. It will be very difficult, impossible. Which respect do you demand? You can't. So the, the, the life at the time, the mentality we had was too small, no vision. After all, we are staying here for a while and we'll go. And that was the craze of it. From Torino to Trieste, everybody was like that. And talk about the louder ones. The louder ones were thought that the more they made more noise, the more they belonged. But unfortunately, it lasted them badly. Most ended up in jail. Most ended up being deported and stuff. I remember when Tozi, my, my syndical now came, it was a serious job. I mean, Verona was under turmoil. It was just getting them like, like, catching cockroaches or, or, or in a cupboard, you know. Because the more noise you make, the more you attract. And they thought, yeah, is they, they, are, they, are, they, they are the guys. No, 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 no. The guys are those who, with intelligence, okay, are systematically making life, making a difference in society. There are so many forums I've had that I spoke about immigration, the benefits. And when they confront you with examples of our own people who are fighting in the street there's nothing you can there's less you can talk about so all right <clears throat> now before we move to uh, a different session of the conversation which is about your candidacy uh, yeah. as, a, as a political representative today because at least now we can see around you that are images there we're going to talk about that but before that um what is the situation today? Because you have talked of what has happened before you came, when you came, up until now. So, looking at 2022, is that, say, the situation? I would say having the same experience of people with little or no vision at all of what is going to happen in the future. People who think they are going to leave Italy, and for this reason, they didn't know how to speak Italian. So they may have been here for like 20 years. If they have anything to do, they will still need somebody to interpret for them. And yet they will 
always be very fast to accuse Italian of being racist. I'm not saying that I know racist Italian. I've seen some myself, but that is not my focus. <laughs> Generally, that is not my focus, no. I'll try to look at what can be the positive part. I'm not here to, to change people, okay? All right, now, what is the situation today? Has anything changed or is still... Is it is this still like it used to be? Yeah. Nature has its own way of uh, controlling population. <laughs> I learned this in economics. And uh, the system has had its own way of controlling generation and their behaviors. So those days when we were all on Sojourno, and were all cramped up, okay? There was no difference who had a sojourner for one year or two years. There was no kata sojourner, and we, we were all just classified at once, okay? Then came the year 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8 to 2010. American government, I don't know what happened, but to get visa to America from Italy was so easy. So people actually took visas and they went. They went, a lot of them. And most of them were those who were here initially, okay, those who came there in the 85s and stuff. And those, I, could I can tell you safely that 80% of those guys were illiterate. So voluntarily leaving the place in those numbers actually reduced the noise making and the that state of anarchy that was reigning at the time. All right. Those that remained, most of them still never went to school. In fact, then the, uh, there wasn't this law by Salvini that to to renew Sojourno or even to, uh, to make Italian passport, you have to have the language. No, 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 no. So school was out of it. But gradually, with the, uh, with the arrival of church, because my church, Soul Clinic, was one of the uh, the main uh, the the pioneer churches in Verona. A, a few other churches came, and and Church of Pentecost also came, broke out of these ones. Okay, so with the arrival of church, that people started, you know, to live their their let's let's call it not wayward life but let me use just that word when people started going to church and drop certain characters okay things started changing because there were there was a lot of confusion of this all over the place people going to parties getting accident and dying you know and police will come they take their driver's license and the guy is from burindi he has nigerian passport he has ghana driver's license <laughs> yeah, a whole lot of confusion. So they took some of these licenses to embassies, with, uh, among which was the Ghanaian embassy, for them to rectify. And then they found out that all those licenses were fake. So police started a crackdown and they arrested a bunch of them. That and church reduced the death rate because people were dying of have friends that died out of, you know, they go to parties as far as to Torino, Treviso, and they are coming. This is somebody that never had never driven a car in his lifetime. And at that time, too, 
you could bring your uh, your uh, foreign licenses and convert it into Italian one. You understand? But before the, even the conversion, you had a grace period of I think three or six months to drive before you converted it. We abused that opportunity. Africans abused it big time until police came in and they made a serious crackdown. Okay, and eliminated all those ones, changed the laws. Now we don't even do driver's license in English. You have to do it in Italian. So the system will actually force you to learn the language. And because some cannot, will not want to learn that language, the people who are here who are 40 years who don't drive, they can't drive because they don't have the driver's license. And you meet them in the community, you have to still interpret for them. And these are the same people who said that they will not stay long. Oh, after we are doing five years, then it becomes 10 years. Oh, after we are, I'm doing two more years, I'll go. I remember uh, around the 2007, eight, thereabout, there was a law that Bossy and Finney introduced that if you want to go back to Africa and settle, okay, you could leave your sojourn and they will, they will actually give you the bulk of your contributions that you have done. Man, that was so enticing. People went. People went. And, bro, they went and they blew the money. <laughs> I'm interested in that story. <laughs> so I want to believe that some of them come back. <laughs> no, really, they're here. They're here. They came back. Some through the desert, some through so many means. They came back. They blew the money. Okay, now you come and they deny you sojourner and you are claiming the Italian government is racist. No, you can't. Learn the language, you will not learn. You have sojourner. Nobody's chasing you out. Stay, walk, and live your life. But at least be part of the system. You understand? Your children are going to school. They call you for a, a parents-teachers meeting. You don't go. So if something happens in the school, everybody knows you are the only person that doesn't know. Then they will bring up something up and you have to pay something. No, no, these people are, are racist. But what is the racism you're talking about? You know, a lot of a lot of those things we, we go through depends upon us. The lack of communication. People refuse, even now, people refuse to learn the language. <coughs> Excuse me. People refuse to learn, to learn the language, and it's so sad. Things have changed, though. It wasn't like before. All right. Now you are a candidate um, uh, in the in the common election in Verona. Yes. Um, of course, somebody that have listened to your story up to this point uh, would understand that. They understand why, no? Yeah. But I still want you to explain to us why did you decide to to stand for election in the common of Verona? us understand that what is your vision i am somebody that wants to leave not only a mark but i don't want to be somebody that passed through the system without leaving anything for the the ones to follow us and uh, i've seen a lot of things a lot of injustices like i was telling you yesterday there are a lot of things that most foreigners go through 
One, because they cannot communicate well. And the fact that they cannot communicate well, okay, but are at the same time insistent upon a right that they don't even know whether they have, makes it irritating to the person at, on, uh, behind the desk, okay, to do the right thing. I will explain. You go to Kumon, for example, you are asking for Chetukato de Residenza. For you to obtain that paper, they need to see your permiso de sojourn. So the woman says, Mi favorisca el permiso de sojourn. Which one? Which permiso de sojourn be that one? No, no, be common. I don't get res. Say I don't get res. Uh, sojourn, so, you know, I will get residence. No. She wants to have that thing, to give you what you want. And because we do, most don't understand that to do this, you have to do this one. The problem with most of our people is this one. We don't accept the fact that when they say bring A to get B, if you don't bring A, you never get B. That the problem lies here, okay? I've had times that I have to explain to people in Kwesura, in Komuna, in ev almost everywhere about this simple fact. Let us understand. If you don't understand, we have a phone. Go to Google. Google it out. Must they ask me for my permission decision before I get a, a chapter to the residence? It is there. You read it. But we don't inform ourselves. And because we don't inform ourselves, we think things that people say are what is happening. That is not what is happening. And we've made a whole lot of mess. Sudden injustice that we face is because we cannot actually explain what we want. In fact, I've been, I've been explaining to people over the, the time. I'm, I'm very good in laws and uh, like things you have to do, fill forms and stuff. I'm very good in it. I took my own time to learn it. So before I get to, especially when they brought speed, okay, that you can do every, almost everything by your own, I really get, have to get to the office because that one you cannot do with speed. And I've been trying to teach other people. But before you get there, you have to get some education by yourself. You have to understand how it works. Okay. So if you don't understand and you will not be patient, okay, for the person to explain it to you. Or even if the one explains, you won't understand and take the explanation and you start making noise. Okay. That is what irritates the people. And it grows up in them. Because take, for example, you are at the commune. This Thursday morning, from 8 o'clock, you had one Ghanaian, one Nigerian that came to make noise over something that an Italian comes to ask and will not make noise. Because maybe he didn't bring the Makadabolo. They told him he went back quietly. You tell an African, I need the Makadabolo. No. Because my friend went to do the, they didn't ask Makadabolo. Maybe the friend did a different thing, which you don't know. Okay. So piling up all those things, okay, makes the one sitting there get fed up. So the next time he sees the next black, black man, before even the black man opens his mouth, if God 
doesn't come in for this person to meet a black man that speaks well like me or you. But meet another one that's in you and that in you venire. Already. <laughs> Sorry if I brought that one. <laughs> when you start the you and that you venire, okay, it already set the tape there, the platform for refusal. That is a fact. Because somebody that has undergone all this noise and you know, it's already gotten up to here. So when you start making you, you and that you venire, everything you say is no. So my intention to enter into police, politics is to try, if I'm elected, to try and bridge a gap. That's all I am about, to bridge a gap on this local level. Bridge a gap between foreigners and Italians. To bring up some figures like Mediatore Culturali, okay, that will replace or standing between the, the foreign community, let me use the word for foreign community, even though we have Italian citizens and the Italian community, so that when this guy is saying you and that you venire and there's there is misunderstanding, it will be the work of the mediatorial cultural to understand him. Okay, and explain the, the concept that the person behind the desk is bringing across. Because until we have something like that, there will always be people on the side walls. We don't belong to anything. We will not participate after it's their thing. How long are we going to stay here and not be part of anything? If you keep sitting on the fence, that fence will break. And what I've learned in Italy is that if you go to an office and you are asking for two documents, okay, the person has three of them here. If you go and you ask for this one, this one if you asked. Meanwhile, the one could have given you this one as well. But since you asked for this one, he will give you only this one. Then you go home, maybe a friend calls you, say, oh, that thing they are doing, that uh, bonus visa they are doing, there's another one they are doing, you know, uh, the paper is called this one. So you know, you, know, you are not like, ah, but I want to come, why didn't you give, give them, the, give me two? So you rush back, you say, my you, uh, you, Venire, Mr. Martina, too, my daddy, so <laughs> the So the guy is like, no, 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 when you came, you asked for this. You did not ask me for this. So I gave you only this, the one that you asked for. That is how it works here. So if there is understanding, okay, that we understand ourselves, then that person will say, oh, all right, you are asking for this one, okay? But then at the same time, you could also apply for this one. So I'll give you this one together. It happens sometimes when, by the way you express yourself, it's not a person of sympathy, but the way you express yourself, the one that you meet at the counter would be so good to explain to you, no, no, okay, you are asking for this one, but you can also do this one. That will actually qualify for the two. Okay, so those gaps that has been in the system and a lot of injustices, you apply for this, we call it, we usually call it common house. And because you don't understand the language, you fill the form anyhow. 
And because the same person, I keep repeating this example, out of the frustration the people have had with us, okay? If you start looking at the, the form and start finding mistakes from the first page, bet me, she will not get to the fourth page. Denied. That's where I want to come. I want Thank to bridge that. that I want to bridge, okay, bridge that bridge between the the foreign community, Italians and non, and the Italian citizens. Because if there is somebody that can understand, in fact, the last time we had a, a meeting, there was a syndaco, and one of the people uh, in the in the crowd asked the syndaco that very question: Why is it that foreigners are always refused? The, I mean, the, the, the possibility to have the common house. Okay. He answered, but Leia, who is my counterpart, the father is a lawyer. The man came in and said, no, no, no. The problem, the major problem is not only because the people don't qualify. The major problem is because the people actually dealing with the documentation, okay, don't have the patience to read everything. Once they see five, six mistakes all over, they cancel you. And that, so to eliminate that one, if there is a representative, okay, if there is a voice that when you go through this thing, you can refer to, then this person, like what I'm about to do, will take up all those instances, okay, present it to them that look, it's unfair. For somebody to have every requirement, but because he spelled something wrong to be disqualified. So that is why I'm coming in. It is unfair. <laughs> now, but for somebody to treat you fairly now, uh, you need to remove the. You know, there is one thing that a lot of insurance do is that you have insurance for something against any type of risk, maybe risk for incident or any type of thing. Almost all insurance companies do this. Yeah. If they have one reason, just one reason why they will not pay you the money, even though you are qualified, and they are legally allowed by this reason, they will not give you the money. Mm -hmm. I think that all of us need to participate in our own rescue. Yeah. We don't need to say, we don't need to wait for people to save us based on their benevolent. Okay. We need to prepare and be part of it. Exactly. So, of course, this case, I'm talking of our responsibility. I understand yeah. it's a complex issue. Because when we look at the demography of Africa that are coming here, like you also have pointed out by saying that maybe up to 80% of the people who went to the United States from Italy haven't been here for like in the 80. Most of yeah. them are illiterate. Yeah. That is actually one of the biggest problems. Yeah. In that... If you don't understand, because for you to be able to understand other people, you first of all need to even understand yourself. Yeah. I, I I get it. Uh, we are saying now, we are living in Europe. We are living in the Western society. We don't have the power to be able to force the West to understand situation based on our own point of view. Yeah. We need to understand it from their point of view because we are in their territory. Yeah. We are in yeah. their land. We are in their system. If you were to be maybe somewhere in Ghana 
or in Nigeria or in Congo, I understand things will be done completely differently. But this is Italy. This is Europe. We cannot, we don't, I repeat again, we don't have the power to be able to force them to understand us. We need to understand them and play according to their role. Thanks to God, we have most of our people go to church. At least, I can say 70% of we from the Black Africa uh, part go to church here. Let's talk about Verona, okay? So we could start, which some have started, like I told you about my pastor, the education of the people is not only about the spiritual aspect, but we involve pastors to educate the people, to let them understand that the language, first thing here is the language is very important. I know uh, not everybody will take it because it's, you can't oblige anybody to go to school. But even if we get about 5 or 10% decide to go back to school, do the language school, just the language school, which anyway, you'll be forced to do it. Because when you want to apply for your Italian citizenship, you have to bring B1. And B1, there's no way you can get B1 without you going to school. So at the end of the day, you'll be forced to do it. So why don't do it now? In fact, I have intention of involving pastors in most of the things that I will want to do if I'm elected. Because pastors are key figures in our society now, apart from associations, because most, uh, most nationals don't have associations. I was trying to get to uh, Senegalese people, you know, to be able to at least tell them about the election and stuff. But... I've tried a lot and I don't have any association. There's not even one. Nigerians have, Ghanaians have different types. Togolese also have, Cote d'Ivoire have. But what about those who don't have? Okay. So then the figures that could be useful in letting, educating our people, because here we need education. Like you're saying, nobody dashes with anything. If you qualify, you get it. If you don't qualify, you don't get it. That's it. But the integration is also very important. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> For you to get well integrated, you need to learn at least the language, the basic Nadila language. So I'm looking at we having to have to involve pastors, association leaders, okay, categories like Sindakati and stuff to organize the people to understand. First, teach them. I mean, throw it up to them to decide that, look, for, for you to be able to qualify for certain things, you must be able to explain what you want. If you're able to dialogue with a person and you do go by you and that, you be near, eh? they, can, they can listen to you more. But when you start doing the you and that, you be near, which is so frustrating. I remember I entered one, uh, one electrodomestic shop one time. And uh, it was about closing time. So the guy was about to close, preparing. This guy enters, which I will not say the country for, for obvious reason. He enters and the first question is entering. The guy is at, at the counter, which is the beginning. No greeting, okay? This is not a big store. It's a small store, okay? So he enters and he's like, Chalai socket, what is going? Chalai socket. So I was paying, the guy was 
just looking at him from the video camera. So he goes round, 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 and comes back. I asked you, you okay that I tell you, shall I suck it? So the guy was like, what is, because I suck it. Prima di tutto, se tu entri in negozio, devi salutare, almeno saluti. Buongiorno. I, then I will respond, buongiorno, ha bisogno. Then we dialogue. Even if you don't know the name of the thing, you show me by signs and I'll pick it for you. But if you enter as if you are entering your own room. Here in this podcast, we try to go back to our rule because some people, they think they are confused. But I usually say, these things should not be confusing because we are talking of evil, mere common sense now, soft skill as it were. Yes. In my place, in my village, not in my town, in my village, if somebody enters, if you somebody wants to start a negotiation with another person, maybe you go to the local market to do something, you do greet. It is very common for us to talk. I want to believe, I don't even need you to tell me that that is the same thing that is happening in Ghana. Is it true or false? Yes. In so Ghana, it is. So if culturally speaking, Culturally speaking, this is the way we behave. So, but yes. why are we not doing it here? Because I give you a very funny example. People think that once we are in Europe, every courtesy or education is passed after we are in Europe, we can behave the way we want. That is the false intention they have in creating all the noise. Because in Africa, you don't bypass somebody and enter their house to go look for a friend. You don't find your friend. You now come out, the same person you bypass, you come and ask him, I beg. Uh, <laughs> that, Does it work? No, you risk getting a slap or insult. So why? Why would we are doing it? Because people, most people think that oh, after all, we are in Europe, okay, we are in Europe, so everything goes. That is the the wrong perception. Look at people on the bus. One at the back, one at the front, talking at the top of their voices on the phone. I mean, across the people. It's, it's, so, it's so frustrating. Is it because the, the wealth we have come to see here is confusing us or what? I think that people are actually, which word do I use? They, they, not only that they are exaggerating, but they are misbehaving because they didn't expect to see certain things, which we have to bring them back. Like I was saying, we have to educate the people through churches, through associations, or maybe we organize, even if it should be a party, okay, it might not work immediately. But if 10 people come and one person decides to go back to school and learn Italian, he can educate his own family, okay? And his family, being educated, will reduce to a certain level because otherwise it will be like once you get Italian citizen, you have to migrate to, to the UK. What kind of, I mean, what kind of law says that? So when are we going to stay back and sow something in this land? We get Italian citizen and everybody is going to the UK. Because in the UK, because in the UK, you can see black man as a policeman, you can see a black man as a bank manager. So if all of us will go, who will stay here to be the bank manager you're expecting to see? You see, this is very important though. I like the conversation so much. This is so good. In that uh, you know, there are some Africans here, so I know some Nigerians who say it often, you know, 
They don't give us chance. They don't give us chance. They don't yeah. allow us to do it. But the question is that nobody's going to look for ha, who is Mr. Chukudi? Who is Mr. Obehi? Okay. Come, come and be the bus driver in no, Verona. No, nobody will come and look for you. It, it, it doesn't work like that. One. Secondly, even if Mr. Obehi or Mr. Kwetie or uh, Mr. I don't know, Mrs. Uh, 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 Gloria from uh, somewhere from Nigeria or Ghana from Congo decide that he will go to be the first mayor of Verona. Yes. People are going to resist that. That is the normal functioning normal. of the society. Yes. So you are going to have to prove yourself. Yes. Can you imagine maybe someday suddenly a French person or an American or, say, or a Canadian, a European decide to be the mayor of Lagos? Everybody yes. would just be, hey, welcome, welcome. It welcome. doesn't happen. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. So here in Italy, if we want to make sure that we are seen also at the post office, we are not going to be giving. You are going to fight for it. And you have gone you are to, going to work. Go, yeah. go to school. Get the qualification. Because the one that is working at the post office is not by nomination by his uncle, like, like what happens in <laughs> Africa. It's not his, his uncle that nominated him. He went to school. He has a qualification. You know, people shouldn't go to school and they qualify. And the next thing is that go and work in the UK. So you, you, your son, studied at Belgariera, okay, who can manage a hotel. My son studied, let's say, as an engineer, who can be an engineer in a company here. But because UK, they speak English, go to uk all right so if abroad everybody's son goes to uk whose son is going to remain here for you to see the engineer you want to see in the company it will never happen we we don't want to engage we africans who don't want to sew okay that's what we do we we hate to sew no no that one no no we we hate to sew take the pain but we want to enjoy it even this electoral campaign we are doing and there are people asking me after all what do you think will happen? Even if they, they elect you and you go there, you forget us. Forget what? Somebody asked me, so when you go and you see riches, will you remember us? Go where and see which riches. This is a different nation altogether. This is a different system altogether. I'm only representing your voice. I just want to take your voice up there. Because up to now, all these things we've been talking about, okay, be, the, certain things happen because there's nobody that will voice what happens to you. Let me give you a very funny example. A friend of mine uh, uh, described this thing to me that the son came from Africa. He was supposed to get a residence. So they went to the commune. The commune asked them to go to Ghana Embassy and get a document. Okay. That, that says that he's the son because the guy was about 14 years. Okay. So they go get the document, blah, blah, blah. They send it to the commune. They register everything. Fortunate for the guy was that, and this guy is my friend. I've been telling him, look, anytime you go to do anything, that you leave down a document, let them put a stamp on it. Do a photocopy and give me a copy of it for yourself. Because you can never know. It will end up that maybe the clerk went to drink coffee, came back, forgot to file that thing that you gave him or her. And later they'll call you that you didn't bring that document. It was just like a prophecy. So this guy goes, doc, doc, deposit everything. The woman said, okay, uh, uh, two to point nine. The guy was like, no, 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 senora, perfavore. We're in a copia. The woman was like, ah, man, have you a month? No, 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 senora, perfavore, on a copia. 
So the woman reluctantly photocopies it and gives him like that. So the guy was like, no. I mean, I'm a metal timber of a photocopy and on volunteer and yente. So on a photocopy, I'm a metal timber. And reluctantly, she put the stamp. Six months after, they called the guy that, look, we asked you to go and bring this document from Rome. You've not brought it. So we are canceling your son's request for citizenship, uh, for, for residence. So the guy, like, ah, which one? I went personally with this boy. We presented that paper. So they go to the commune together. And when was the attorney? He said, I came here this time, this time, this time. We applied for residence. Now I get this letter from you guys and you are canceling the residence because we didn't bring Hey, Pakea be hospital to Kuzita to Nanavete Portato Kola Well, actually, the guy is me. So I put out the paper. Okay. I just put out the shadow man. Senora Guada, Chanke Timbro, Chaladata, Semizifa. Si ricorda che l'avevo chiesto specificamente che volevo una fotocopia, non me la volevo fare. And we were about, uh, it was 12.45 on a Saturday. The guys were closing at 1. No? I stood in the office till 2 o'clock. So we sorted that thing out. The, the woman was okay. Va bene, lascia che ci pensiamo. I was, io da qua non mi muovo. Perché... Prima ho dovuto chiedere un, un giorno di permesso per venire qua a fare questo, sei mesi fa. Adesso mi tocca andare, siccome lui è minorenne, devo tornare di nuovo a firmare, non ci vado. So the, 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 the couple of the office had to come in, they had to go to the archives, go and bring the file. And when they brought the file, the document that the woman was claiming I didn't bring was just in the file like this. What happened? She didn't enter it on the computer. So if I had not <coughs> requested for the stamp and the photocopy, to cut a long story short, now they had to fill the ID card, the part that I will sign for me to sign blank for them so that I will not come again. Okay. This is where you can explain yourself. So if I could not explain myself, what do you think would have happened? You go to you go back to Rome again. Yes. <laughs> then you go around, you the same person who go around and say they are racist. This is not about racism. I mean, we are human beings, so human beings we can forget. So the woman forgot and didn't do what she was supposed to do. But since you understand the language and you can speak and interact with her, the problem is solved. So the the question is we have to, we must. We must educate ourselves. That one, there's no way about it. Make a change. Thank you so much for that, dear Kwetia. This is very important. No, you know, it is very, the woman could even be racist. I don't, it, it, that could also be possible. Are, yeah. I'm not saying that there are no Italian racists, no? Yes, yes. But the question is that we are going to have to play our part also. We're going to play our role. It is when you have done your part, everything you are supposed to do, then you can accuse other people of not doing what they are supposed to do. Exactly. If the person is wrong, you are wrong. Which right do you have to be to be accusing people of treating you wrongly? Yes. So I think we, we, we need to take responsibility on our part. Uh, we need to take responsibility. We need to participate in our own rescue. It is very yes. important. Yes. You can't tell them, hey, come and save me. Yes, yes, save me. Save me. You must be you must be strongly to be saved. Yes. Strongly to be saved. Of course, in this case, we mean that you are going to school, learning 
because you, you cannot force yourself into these people. This is no, their no, no. land. It's not, it's nobody nobody sent you an invitation to come here. You, you came by yourself. Decided, <laughs> you decided that you wanted to leave your country and come to this place. Yes. Yes. So don't put it on there or them that, ah, yeah, you need to take care of me now. Who have you taken care of before? Let me say this thing. Uh, my wife, I'm married to a, a very beautiful lady. We have three children. Okay. She stopped everything she's doing and decided to go to school. She's doing scholar media now. Okay. This is a graduate. Eh? Okay. But for her to be able to interact, my wife is going to school now. And I don't have any problem with that. She goes to school. Because for you to be able to communicate, you must go to school. Her, her vision is to work in an office. And to work in an office, it doesn't come by miracle. You can pray in tongues all the, the years you want. You can be beautiful. You can be anything. But... Oibo one certificate, make you bring that certificate. If not bring that, you know go walk. That, that is a, that's the point. This my wife has stopped everything. She was working at first, okay? She stopped. Because work and school will not give their space. And I'm here, I'm working. I said, okay, baby, do 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 what you want to do. Get a qualification. I didn't do my own like that, but I can't stop you from going. But the average African, especially with the Ghanaian. No, 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 you must go to work. Uh -uh, we are building, we must complete the house. Which one be screwed? And that is where we are now. You understand? So if somebody wants to do it right, like our pastor says, if someone wants to do it right, we have to encourage the person. We need to let our, our, our people understand. We must engage, like we're saying, to make an impact, okay, for even ourselves ourselves this electoral something i'm doing i'm not it's not for any gain bro i've spent money in this everything i do is money because lisa chivica you don't have any sponsorship from anywhere okay everything we do even to do one of this banner is 60 euro okay it comes from your pocket apart from contribution here contribution the money goes in but that's not what i'm after because Consider communal, you don't have any pay. That's what people think. After you go there, you're going to be rich. No, 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 no. I want to leave something behind. That's what my, I, I intend. Bridge the gap between we. Let's say, let me use the word foreigners, which will make it easier, okay? Even though we are no more foreigners. But let me use this one. We here that are not originally Italians, even though we become Italians, we need to be able to be like this. And for us to be able to be like this, it needs someone that understands the language, okay? Carry up the issues that are facing this side of the people and bring it to this side to let the, the situation be amalgamated and issues solved. If there's no issues in the society, we will not be happy. Everybody will be happy. But I need someone to sacrifice. And I've decided to do that. I don't care about the money I'm spending. I might win, I might not win. But that's no point. So that tomorrow, any child will see that, yeah, there was a time. Like Martin Luther said, I have a dream. He had that dream. He died. They didn't never materialize till Obama owned the president uh, uh, recently. 
How many years come past before? But if nobody cares, nobody takes the, the, the pain, we are all doing our own thing. Wife will not do any schooling because husband will not allow her to go to school. You must, you must go to work, bring the money. We are building a house in Africa. No, 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 no. House is not everything. We have to sacrifice. Now, at this moment, what do you request from the community? Is there anything that the community can do to help you succeed in your in your ambition, in your political ambition? The simple thing uh, uh, the community should do, not only can, must, but must do, is to go and vote. And this is very important to me. We must vote. Because voting is the only way that will let the change that we desire for so long happen. If we don't vote, we can be 5 million in this city and we will still be irrelevant. Imagine they come out to count and we have about 600 votes or 1,000 votes only for Africans. Let's say 1,000 comprising all foreigners. Then Comuna de Verona will see that, yes, there is a force to reckon with outside there. And once they realize that the people who count, this time around, they will not just, you know, do things without consulting you. Because you are a force to be reckoned with. I'm looking at the time when we have our own political parties in this country. However small it will be. Even if we get 1% out of uh, whatever election they will do, that 1% will speak. You understand? Because if you belong to something that they are doing and you participate, there's no way they will leave you out. So what I expect from the community is to go and vote. You must vote. Even if you are not voting for uh, candidate A or B, at least vote. Just vote. Because we can't stay on the sidelines anymore. We must participate. I remember um, the, la the first time I voted some years back, when I went to the polling station, there were some Italians that were looking at me so strange, so strangely. And I think it was, because I must say this, I've been an Italian citizen since 1999. Quite a long time. And I voted a lot. So one of the first time when I, I went to vote, I was like, you know, a stranger or, or, or a, a strange sensation. Everybody was looking at me. But one of those days, let us all participate in this thing. And especially, it won't be wise for you to go vote another person. All you have your own brother here that wants to carry your voice. You, your voice needs to be heard. Your voice must be heard. And I'm here to do just that. So what I expect the community to do is to go and vote and vote me, your brother, your friend, your countryman, vote and let your voice be heard in Comundi Verona. Uh, in Verona, I don't know if you have maybe the figure or the number, the statistics of Africans that can actually vote, because of course not every African can vote here, no? Yes, For you to vote, yes. you must have uh, a citizenship. Uh, so can you share anything to us with that? Because we're trying to look at 
the number now, how many people can actually vote to see how much weight they can we can have in the city? Honestly, I tried to research that thing. I went to Google and uh, I didn't I couldn't get a exact figure. And the reason I think I can get is that uh, with the arrival of Brexit, that almost I can say 40% of <coughs> sorry. About 40% of the people drifted to the UK. Okay. Some left and left their residence here. Some left and transferred their residence. So you can't have an exact figure of the people that you think are, are qualified to vote because of the, the drift to the UK uh, for, for the fact of the Brexit. So honestly, I don't have any specific figure on that, on that thing. If I even in a place like my own church, for example, we have a congregation of about 110, 120 people, full capacity. But out of that, it's just about handful that can vote because most of them live outside Verona, okay? And most of them that I know could have voted now uh, turned out to be still sojourner holders. So uh, it's a bit difficult to answer that question precisely. But say maybe just throwing up number there, even though they might not be uh, exact number, it might not be accurate number. Can we say we have maybe like up to like a thousand uh, African that, that are resident and con that have uh, Italian citizen and are living with the Verona territory? Or maybe 800 or 500 or 100? Can we just throw any number there? I would say, I would say about 400 that have citizenship that are currently here now in Verona. Uh -huh. All right. If we were to be having a strategy now in that we want somebody to stand out and be represented, uh, if that uh, 400 people, see, I know it's highly unlikely that all the 400 people that are qualified will just vote for one candidate. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I'm actually thinking now is that if... Uh, in, in Verona, we have a different representative here from different political parties. Mm -hmm. So maybe, for example, they have decided to make a sacrifice, they pick one, because it's going to represent them. Because if we say, this 400, now they are going to vote for, I don't know, uh, 20 Africans here, mm -hmm. uh, the, the likelihood that we are going to win will be difficult, though. But say all of us now realize that we have a common interest mm -hmm. as Africans living in Verona, so we decide at the end, we decide to favor one particular candidate, all of them. Okay, let's say, 300 of them vote for one person. Mm -hmm. What are the likelihood that it will win? It, the probability is higher. It's higher in the sense that um, in the system, the conciliar communal system, okay, if, for example, your, your, your syndical, uh, candidate for syndical wins, okay, now to choose the conciliar to be based on the he go, who got higher votes, okay? So, the highest vote could be, let's say, about 400 for one candidate. But other ones, even up to 110, 115, even 50, could still be represented. That is if your syndical wins. Okay. If your syndical still doesn't win and you click, you clock about 200 votes, which is quite enough. Was a. Uh, the statistics I read from the last time, the 2017 election, for example, even in the opposition, people entered into opposition with about 80 votes as conciliary. Okay, so if you're the winning candidate, this uh, your your syndical wins, then of course once you are in that party, okay, 
Even if you come up to 150 votes, you still, you still, you still enter. That is when your Senate wins. So if 400 people are all putting their votes together to vote for one candidate as it is now, for example, if they all, because as it is now, we have about four Africans competing in this uh, election, most of them for Chirkus uh, Christiane, which is so painful because I was talking with one guy, you know, you contesting for Chirkus Christiane is actually the, the, your party's way of extracting votes from us that are standing for conciliary. Because if you stood as conciliary, it's a different point. But it's only your people in your area that can vote you to be, let's say you live in the stadium as I'm uh, in the stadium, and the stadium is the Terza Chikosisione. If you are standing in the Terza, if people insist vote you, that vote doesn't come for you. So if your, your friends living in San Michele vote at San Michele for you as Chikosisione uh, in the uh, stadium, that vote doesn't go to you. You have just wasted that vote. So I was talking to one of the guys like, why don't we come together? It, this thing that they have put you as Chikosisione uh, and have printed Santini for you like this, that you are so happy about it. Eh? This thing is a way of extracting votes from we that are standing as conciliary because once people go and vote you, they are automatically voting that party. And that vote that could have gone to us that are going to represent all we Africans, they have taken it out. I spoke to this guy, he will not understand, so I just left him somewhere. There's, there are more fish in the sea, let's see what will come out. But like uh, you are... And this is actually a very important conversation, the one you are, you are bringing out. And I think this is the, the best part to conclude the, the conversation, that at the end of the day, we need to understand that, it, that it's a game that we are playing here, you know? Yeah, yeah, that yeah exactly. It is, the, it is the, the interest of the people that are represented. So we must ask ourselves and balance it, multiply, subtract, and see at the end of the day, which one is going to be more in the be favor of us? Beneficial to us. Yeah, but more beneficial to us, they were going to play the game because we cannot win all of us at the same time. Only yes. one must win, yes. but we must understand the game very well. There, yes. So I, what, I want you to spend more time there, please. This is what uh, these guys don't understand because you are standing for your position. Eh? Uh, you don't have you don't have an office. Okay, you, it's just a name. Okay that you are the couple of this circumcision. You don't work in an office. You don't, nobody comes to you for anything. It's just a name. So them putting you there is just a way of letting you actually make a hole in the sack for the grain to come out. You are making a hole in the sack because that sack would have been the bulk of we. Africans or foreigners here, Sri Lanka, uh, Brazil, Morocco, whatever, okay? Since we don't have parties, then we have to go behind one person. Because if we put two people, there's no way two people are going to win. That is the truth. Five years ago, there was a candidate, a Ghanaian candidate called Francis Apple, who actually introduced me here, okay? He now pulled back. He told me personally that, look, Maurice, if two of us stand, the possibility two of us will win is little. So I prefer standing behind you 
putting all my votes behind you for you to go. Because if you go, it's like I've gone. If one of us enters, then one of us will carry our voices. Okay. This is somebody that has the, the visibility more than me. Because in the last uh, election, the 2015, he stood as, as a candidate. It is that by mistake of our people who went to vote, which if you permit me, I will do a small uh, illustration here for people to see. The people that went to vote voted, but they didn't know how the vote was conducted and they made mistakes. So he got just a few votes, but the people were plenty who voted and the voted got split up. This is exactly what they, 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 they are doing. The opposition, uh, for example, this guy in the other party is going around preaching he's standing in the fifth. What is fifth? I met him doing electoral campaign in the church. After I spoke, he came out and he said, well, he's also standing as a candidate in the fifth. So I was like, what is fifth? Because already talking about conciliar comunale to the black man is already an impresa. Talk less of the fifth. What is fifth? Quinta circosizione and quarta. Brother, we don't even know it. It is the truth. We don't have to hide behind uh, our, our, our image that we know. We don't know. We don't know it. We have to be educated. Okay. So if you are standing as a circosizione and you are standing in another on another party's ticket, it's a way of you, of them trying to let you extract the vote that could have brought to bring one representative. We just need one. For now, we just need one because this is the start. All of us All right. cannot be conciliar at the same time. I don't think it's going to be that possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. Uh, Maurice, you see, yes. this education we need it. The people need to understand. And particularly, we also need to do the mathematics. We need to do the multiplications. Uh, like I said at the beginning of this episode, uh, my duty here is to try and bring in different voices here, talk to them, with the hope that somebody might learn from it. Yes. That is my job. That is why I'm not a politician. I'm not running for any office. But if I see somebody like you or some other persons out there who are going for this office, I think somebody is interested. So let's yes. talk about it. Yes. So you, you, you did mean, uh, uh, something. You did say something interesting before that um, uh, you hope that one day there can also be a, a, part, a political party here yes. in Verona yes. or in Italy, let's say, in Italy. In Italy. that is uh, uh, predominantly of immigrant interest because it's yeah. all about interest at the end of the day you yeah. have labor party in the uk they, their their interest is to make sure they protect that of labor yes it doesn't mean that they're anti-people that are not labor no so no. we must understand that we are basically we are essentially talking about interest here yes. so who is actually this which is this political party that is representing the interest so that at the end of the day we can say all the africans immigrants here who have the possibility of voting, vote for this political party because it represents their interests. What is the reason? What are the justification for it? Well, um, I will say that personally, I I was actually inclined to the left. That is Partito Democratico. I was all this while I've been, you know, foreigners consciously or unconsciously because is the left that normally talks about foreigners and stuff you know i've been all this one but then i made this switch because 
in this current administration, there has never been any mention about anything about, I've read articles and stuff, there has never been anything mentioned about foreigners or a migrati that is even geared towards resolving their problem. I give a very practical example. Look at the queue at the Questura, for example. Do you think if it was a queue for Italians, that queue would be there? No. It wouldn't be there simply because this queue is there simply because there's no one that, that carries the complaint of the people anyway. It finishes there. It's not a question of racism, but it's the question of the lack of representative. Okay, why is that queue a problem? As a truck driver, sometimes I happen to pass there at dawn and imagine it's raining and you are passing there at 4 a.m. Women and children are queuing there to wait till 8 a.m. to enter in an office. Tell me just one office in Italy that that thing happens. It doesn't happen anyway. So why does that one happen? It happens because the people complain, but the complaint remains at the gate. It doesn't enter the building. Okay. So if there is a government, there's an administration, which has never bothered for just a simple thing. This is not even in an office that we say it is hidden. This is on the street. For God's sake, women and children, pregnant women standing in the, they, they, they made this fence wall to protect it. But still, it's inhuman. I mean, come to think about it, do we have one, just one office in Verona where people go to queue at dawn to be served at eight o'clock? No, there isn't one. Solution, simple. Don't we have internet? Let the people know that henceforth, you book your own appointment. And once the one has booked the appointment, you give him the number, that ticket that he will have to come to the uh, gate to queue for. That ticket, give it online. So the one comes with a ticket printed. Okay. So he gets to the gate. You are you are due for 10 o'clock. He gets there at 10. He enters. Queue is off. So simple. If you get late at your own appointment, it's your own business. You go and do another appointment. In that case, in that wise, you know, that queue will not be there anymore. But that queue is there because nobody talks about it. And there's a, an administration who sees it every day. They see it every day. They don't care. That's why I, I, I decided, no, no, no. I want, I want to join a different group and see what happens. And though Tozi, when he came at first, I was reading something about 2004, a lot of stuff that happened. But that guy at the time was with Leganold. And Leganold by DNA is a party that is against foreigners. I mean, they thrive upon the, the, the emotions of the people when they talk about immigrants. Salvin is almost vanishing from the scene because no, there's no, nothing is, I mean, no is barky or things about immigrants. So his political career is almost fading. We don't, we don't hear, let one ship come to Lampedusa tomorrow. Salvini's name will be heard all over again. So Tosi was one of them. And of course, you come from that party, you can't do a different thing. But when he changed, he left that thing. That guy is a different person altogether. And there's no, there's no day you're not meeting him in the market. 
talking, not even in campaign electoral at all, talking with foreigners, you know, because he has seen the value of these people. So if there's an administration that sees the value, the contribution, because we pay a lot of taxes in this country, we have, we are here. It's not that those days we used to we say that we're going, but we are not going and we are not going. Me, I'm not going. I've come to stay. My children, I, I gave birth to children here. Yeah, where am I going? I'm here. I, I, I wish you, I, I wish you don't be ashamed to say that, though, no? because <laughs> in this podcast, I opened a different session of it in my language, no? where we are basically talking about everything Isan, because I am from Isan in the south of Nigeria. So I decided to look at the history of my village. Okay. Where did the people of my village came from? Okay. So we trace it to another another town where we are coming from, which is not actually Urobi, but it's near Urobi, which is my town. Okay. Now, uh, the, the guy that I interviewed, a very intelligent person, said where everybody is coming from somewhere. Somewhere. So where you, where you live right now, it's also your home. Yes. So consider it your home. Do everything necessary to make it a better place than you met it. Yes. So we that are here, we have our children here. My son, for example, uh, of course, we might say we want to return to Nigeria. What if he decided they want to remain in Verona? What are you going to yes. do about that? Yes. So because he might make that decision, I must make sure that what I do also contribute to making Verona better than the time that I came. Exactly. Exactly. It's my that, duty. Yes, exactly, uh, uh, bro. That's why I, I I actually decided to enter into politics. I want to make Verona better by contributing to it, by letting my people also know that we must contribute, because if we contribute, it it betters the place that we are living, and life becomes comfortable for everybody. It, look at the, in the program of Tozi, there's this thing about uh, job opportunities, because this guy is. Someone that, of course, 10 years as a syndical, all companies in Verona knows him, okay? There's, a, a, there's something they are developing that will be will create a platform, okay, between the administration and the, uh, the, the world of uh, ent entrepreneurship, okay? So can you imagine that your son finishes school and it's so easier to find job in a place. Who else? What else are we looking for? <clears throat> Nobody will give you money just like that. You must work. So if you live, if you are working and you lose your job, and there's the, the possibility to get job because there is the availability already from the administration itself. That has, I mean, a bunch of companies that are already affiliated that will offer opportunity of job, not for free, if you qualify. Why won't you? Why won't you join? I joined this one because. All right. Now, what would be your final message here? Because now we have talked about different. Though I would have still like to understand the possibility of forming our political party here in, in Verona or in Italy. If you could say something more about that. But anyway, we can also leave that up for another day. But what would be your final statement here to conclude the conversation? It can also be an appeal to the people on how to support you even more. Okay. Thank you for the opportunity, uh, guys. You know, we have talked a lot and uh, we have come a long way till this time. Those days we didn't have even the opportunity to contest, okay? Because there were so many barriers. Uh, I remember uh, back in the days, I wanted to apply to be a teacher. I brought out all certificates. I was told that Ghana doesn't have the bilateral accord with Italy to permit Ghanaians 
or Italians of Ghanaian origin to teach in Italy. I was told this one was on paper. Okay, fine. So thank God things, certain barriers have been removed. Now this barrier of candidacy has been removed and your own fellow brother is contesting to carry your voice. Let's get this information straight. There is no money attached to this thing. That thing that is going out on out there saying that if you enter politics, you are going to be rich. Africans are too fond of looking at that one. This is Europe. This is not politics for money. This is politics for service. I'm not boasting, but by the grace of God, what I do gives me what pays my rent, keeps my family. I don't need any riches anywhere. And by the way, this is if we don't dash you anything. We know it. So why do we concentrate on talking about things that are irrelevant, that after if we vote him, he's going to get rich? No, it's not about richness. It's not about riches. It's about making a difference. Brothers and sisters, this is the time we get involved. We must get involved in this thing because Italy cannot wait for us. They will not come and court us from our houses. Nobody will come and knock on your door, come and be this or be that, except you invest. Our children are going to school here. Let us leave a mark for them for tomorrow so that the tomorrow they will see that, yes, some time ago, someone stood as a candidate and therefore we too can do it. That's what I want to leave with you because if we don't make leave a mark, one day, those that will come after us, they will accuse us. What did you come to do in this place for 32 years? What did you leave? You didn't leave anything. It would be so pitiful. Let's leave a mark because Italy will not wait for us. It will receive us. Verona has received us. They have given us citizenship. Don't let us run to Yuki. Be here. Sow a seed in this land and let, let that seed germinate. It will be beneficial to us and the nation we came to stay in. Because no other European country, I keep to say, I keep saying this one, no other European country will give you permission to say, you know, averagely every two years or maximum four years. If anyone can tell me one, I'll bet on that one. Averagely, every four years. They must do so, you know, for you to stay. So what else do you want? After 10 years of residence, you can become a citizen. Have you just imagined your, your wife going to give birth and gives birth, they give you uh, pampas, they give him food, they give the child everything. And on the third day, when you are going home, they will tell you, grace. you don't pay anything. Go try in America. Just go try in America. 15,000 to give birth in hospital. $15,000. What else do we want? We have to sow in this place. It is time we participate. Let us do this. Put our heads together. On the 12th, go and vote. And vote Morris on Ama Verona. If Tozim wins, this city is going to come back as it was before. Job is going to be available. The house that you want, we are going to create a person that will be there to read the forms that you present so that 
nobody will throw your phone away out of anger because he or she saw three mistakes. No, there's going to be a figure that will handle that one. And who doesn't want to live in a house that will pay less rent? It is possible. If you vote and let Sindakotozi win and bring Morris as your conciliar Comunale, I will carry your voice up there. And I know, I know, Verona will hear from us. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you so much, dear Morris. It has been a pleasure listening to you. Thank My you so pleasure. much. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Obehead podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obehead a Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you in the next episode.